2: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes
5: everything.
4: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports
1: Radio. Final hour on this Wednesday. More phone calls coming up. Is the NFL going to have that flex schedule on Thursday night? Ian Rappaport, NFL Network Insider, will join us coming up. Also, the NFL doing its best to get rid of the kickoff. We'll talk to Ian Rappaport about that as well. Your phone calls, welcome, 877-3DP-SHOW. Stat of the Day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Poll question for the final hour is going to be what, Seton O'Connor? We're going to put up there, uh, toddlers. Boston avoiding
6: the sweep of Miami last night means the Heat will win in 6-7. Celtics make history or absolutely nothing.
1: Celtics beat the Heat last night, staving off elimination. They're the first team in NBA history trailing 3-0 in a series to win a game four on the road by double digits. And it has to be frustrating for Celtic fans, even for the coaching staff and the Celtics themselves, where you watch a game like that and you go, oh, so that's why people thought they could win the championship this year. Now it goes back to Boston. Can you send it back to Miami? And if so, can you get it back to Boston for a game seven? 877 3dp show email address dp at danpatrick.com Twitter handle at dp show the movie air is now streaming I had an opportunity to see a private screening of this with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck some of the cast there Viola Davis and they had a QA there afterwards where the audience got to ask the actors questions about how they came up with the concept Ben Affleck went down to uh, meet with Miami uh, or meet in Miami with Michael Jordan Went to his golf course, and uh, Ben doesn't play golf, but uh, basically had to get Michael's you know, sign-off on this. And uh, Mike said, I got one thing. You got to get Viola Davis to play my mom. And Ben goes, uh, okay. I don't even know if she's available. Well, that's the only way that uh, I'll, I'll let you make this movie. But it, it's under the pretense of being a sports movie, but it's not a sports movie. Uh, there, there are movies that we look at and we go, "Hoosiers," what a great basketball movie. Well, it's not about basketball; it's about relationships. Whether it's a father-son, whether it's uh, the coach and his team, uh, the coach and his girlfriend, uh, you know that—that's what it's about. Bull Durham is not a great baseball movie; it's a great movie. It's about relationships, and the same thing with Air. Air is about the relationship that Sonny Vaccaro formed with Michael Jordan's mom, because this wasn't about Michael being a great businessman. Mike would have gone to Adidas. He loved Adidas. Nobody wore Nike. Nike was a running shoe. And Phil Knight started it, you know, as a tribute, I think, to Steve Prefontaine, or at least developed, you know, Steve Prefontaine, one of the great middle distance runners in our history. But this wasn't a basketball shoe. They were a basketball company. But Sonny Vaquero was tied into the basketball community, certainly in high school, started the Dapper Dan Basketball Tournament. Uh, then, of course, ingrained himself with uh, college basketball coaches and putting them under contract and paying them to wear Nike. Uh, changed, he changed the sport. Michael changed the sport. His mom changed the sport because she insisted that they get a percentage of every shoe that was sold. And look at how many millions and millions of dollars that decision has helped make other athletes. And it was a brilliant, you know, uh, business strategy. Mike wanted $250,000 and a red Mercedes, a two-seater convertible, and he got it. But he also got that percentage there. And then look at what it's led to, over a billion dollars. But watching the movie the relationships there. How do you get things done? Uh, we got a, a, a time frame here. Michael's coming to, uh, you know, Oregon. He's going to meet with us. And and really, the person who plays Michael Jordan, is he's just there. He's not part of this movie. This is his mom, and this is Sonny Vaccaro. And that relationship to try to make this work, for them to buy in to what Nike was selling. And Nike was learning, you know in real time what they were selling. It's like, we got to make a a prototype. What do we make? I don't know. How about this? Okay, Mike's coming to town. We got to show him something. And then they were putting color in it, Uh, red and black, instead of everybody had to have white shoes back then. And Mike, you know, they said, here it is. Here's the prototype. And then they said, you're going to get fined $5,000. The NBA said this, if he wears those shoes. And they're like, great. We want the publicity. We'll pay $5,000 for that publicity there. But you don't have to be a sports fan to love this movie, be entertained by this movie. And you might go in, it might be better that you go in and you're like, I did not know that. Yeah. We, of course, being sports fans, privy to the story. Sonny Vaccaro, I've known for 40 years. You know, we're, we're up on the story itself. But... What happens sometimes when you get these stories, now this becomes the truth. Like, this isn't a documentary. You know, if you're watching the movie JFK, that's not exactly how things played out. And the same with air. And Sonny Vaccaro said, these things happened. They didn't happen in the order in which the movie presented them. But it's 90 minutes. Music soundtrack's good. Ben Affleck is wonderful in there. Jason Bateman's great. Viola Davis is great. It's a it's a good movie, and entertaining. Yeah, Paulie.
7: I, I watched it with my wife uh, the past couple of nights, and she, you know, she's a casual sports fan who's not from Chicago. I watched it. I was like, oh, okay, this is nice. I've I've heard this story before from you, from books, from magazines. She found it like she was. So Michael Jordan was not a sure thing coming out of college. I'm like, well, yeah, I, I, he wasn't not the over, number one overall pick. Elizjuan was a sure thing. It felt like at the time, because she was surprised that these companies weren't breaking their back to get Michael Jordan to sign I'm like well that's not how it worked back then
1: well you didn't get your own shoe i know Bird and magic had their converse shoes but they they had their colors you know that you had the the celtic black and then you had the the laker purple and gold so they it wasn't their shoe the way it was mike michael jordan was nike i mean that Larry and, and Magic weren't Converse, but they did get their own shoe. They had their commercial they shot in French Lick, Indiana. And uh, actually, that's when they formed their friendship. Uh, but you know, back then, I remember watching players were wearing Converse. When I first started watching the NBA, they would wear Chuck Taylor low tops. That was the shoe. And then Adidas came in. And Adidas, well, I remember Jerry West wore these low-cut Adidas and had the gold stripes. Man, they were gorgeous. Loved them. Then Pete Maravich. Pete Maravich was probably the first player in modern basketball who had his own shoe. He had the Pro Keds. And that was a big deal. Now, Pete wore Adidas in college at LSU, but he came into the pros. And Pro Keds was a small company. And... Uh, Pete was wearing Pro Keds, and I felt like that was the first. Although, Walt Frazier, that was a little bit after that he had his Clydes with Puma. I'm trying to think uh, if there was anybody else. Dr. J wore Converse All-Stars, but Maravich, that was with one company, and they didn't make basketball shoes. They weren't necessarily known for making basketball shoes, but I remember Pete wearing those, and that was a big deal with the Pro Keds. Yeah, Paul.
7: One thing I liked about the movie was the Michael Jordan's agent back at the time was David Falk, and did he come up with the phrase Air Jordan? Did the designer for Nike come oh, up yeah. with Air Jordan? Yeah. In the movie, it's not pinned down. It's like both sides want to take credit for it. It's almost like they wanted to have that little tension there.
1: I'd been around David Falk. I never remembered him being that uh, volatile, but in the movie, man, he is. He's like uh, uh, Jeremy Piven's character on Entourage. <laughs> Ari and I, David Falk always seemed like he was kind of mild-mannered and you see him in the movie and you're like whoa yes yeah, Well,
6: that's the funny thing yeah about movies like this where there's certain liberties taken but now that everyone's seen the movie this is the way it happened yeah. yes. this is fact yes it is. and this is the way that yeah. it happened
1: yeah all right we'll get to uh, some phone calls coming up um Austin Eckler returned to the Chargers he requested a trade. That was two months ago. And, you know, if you're a running back, uh, you're in no man's land. All you have to do is look at, you know, what when you get a franchise tag, what your salary is, it's right there with uh, middle linebackers. You're not going to get paid. Although Saquon Barkley, uh, you know, a B. John Robinson going to the Falcons, occasionally you'll get that player that you go, okay, he's worth taking. But... You know, long gone are the days of Ladanian Tomlinson and Adrian Peterson or Barry Sanders. you, know, you got to have a guy who's a hybrid, and it's Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. you got to catch the ball. 90 catches. you got to be a hybrid there. And, and that's what's going to happen with uh, Bijan Robinson. Um, but Austin Eckler had an unbelievable season last year. Wanted to be traded. All he got was $1.75 million worth of incentives. That's it. Incentives. (laughs) He's led the NFL in touchdowns two straight years. But, you know, Josh Jacobs, unbelievable. He had 1,600 yards from scrimmage last season, but then trying to get a long-term contract. And both Barkley and Jacobs are under 28 years of age. You can be versatile, you can be reliable, but you're not bankable. And that's what we're finding with that position. That used to be the position. Here we have Jim Brown passing away. And back then, you ran the football. You controlled the clock. You passed maybe, maybe 15 times. 16, 18, 20. If you were desperate, maybe it was more than that. If you didn't have a running game, it was a little bit more than that. But you ran the ball. I mean, go back to Jim Brown... Go back to the Green Bay Packers. Jim Taylor, you know, with Lombardi's sweep. This is what you did. The Colts, Tom Maddy. And that's what you did. You ran the football. But now, that running back, uh, can you play wide receiver? Can you split out here? Uh, you know, you've got to be able to do a variety of things. Can you block? It, it, this is You have to be the most versatile player, it feels like, on your roster as a running back. Can you pick up the blitz? Can you run the football? Can we put you out? Uh, you know, can we spread you out there? Can you be in the slot? Can you be a Debo Samuel type? Hey, we need you to now pick up a tough yard here. You know, we ask an awful lot, but they don't get paid an awful lot compared to everybody else. Yeah, Paul.
7: Austin Eckler just turned twenty-eight in his prime. You know, he he had sixteen hundred yards from scrimmage last year. He's caught four. He's got. 400 catches in six years at the running back position. Yeah. But the problem is, it, it's it's a flawed financial position. The Chargers are doing the smart thing; they had, they held their ground. What's yeah? They held their and they're doing the smart thing with the running back position. It's flawed.
1: Uh, a couple of phone calls in here. Uh, Ed in California. Hi, Ed. What's on your mind today?
0: Hey, Dan. Love the show. Thank you, Ed. Uh, the 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 question is not whether the Lakers will retire LeBron's jersey. The question is. Will they retire both number six and number 23, a la Kobe? Or does he have to win another championship in order to get the number 23 retired?
1: No, I can't give you both of them. Not with the Lakers. Kobe wore 24 and 8. No, I can't do that. Yes, Mark?
8: He wore 23 when he won the title in the bubble. Then Mm. he changed his number to six. Mm. So will they retire 23 because that's what he won?
1: Okay. All right. But I can't give you. I'm blue. I'm with blue. You. Okay. I can't give you both. All right. Yeah. I think if he gets, he'll get one. You can't do two.
7: Retire number 14 and a half. Split the difference. Combine them. Mm, cut them in half. Right, Fritz? Twenty three and six
1: and yeah. twenty nine. and Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he'd love that. Dave <laughs> in California. Hi, Dave. What's on your mind? Hey,
9: Dan. Thanks for taking my call. Five nine two hundred. Uh, a couple things. You were talking about the old-school hoop shoes. Uh, I can't stop but uh, forget about the uh, the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the pro models. All the real players used to wear those high-top Adidas, a la UCLA, uh, the pro model uh, Kareems. Remember those?
1: Yeah, 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 I remember. I loved UCLA, had the high-top Adidas superstars. They were gorgeous. Best, best shoe ever made. Adidas superstar, the shell toes, the kids like to say. Great shoe, great shoe. Uh, Jed in Arizona. Hi, Jed, what's on your mind?
9: Hey, Dan, big time, big time fan. Listen, uh, the Lakers, LeBron's not a Laker. Uh, As a longtime Laker fan, he's just not. Now, I have a seven-year-old in my house who thinks the world of him (laughs) because he watched Space Jam. Um, So I have to keep my mouth shut when I watch him and kind of whisper under my breath, mutter, you know, disparaging things when LeBron, you know... Now, what what
1: is it about LeBron that you don't want to embrace?
9: What is it about him? I would say the decision. I just can't let it go, honestly. Wow. And, and my wife even says, I, you know, my wife goes, you you give him too much of a hard time. He's a great player. And I agree. Um, I just don't... He doesn't have that attitude. He's a, we're a stop on the way, on the way for LeBron. It's not that he, you know, it's not like he... He went on the, the press conference and said, listen, guys, I just let the fans down. I'm sorry. You know, that'd be something Kobe would say.
1: If I gave you a do-over, he doesn't come to L.A., you'd be fine with that? Absolutely. So yeah. you you miss out on a title.
9: I would want my Riverside, my Riverside uh, <laughs> buddy from uh, the Clippers. That's who I'd want. You know, I, I grew up in Riverside. Reggie went to my high school. Cheryl did. Um, yeah, but,
1: but that's not happening, Jed. You guys missed the playoffs five consecutive years.
9: Yeah, but now I'm going to get Kyrie Kyrie Irving and I'm going to get Chris Paul on the bench and we're going to win a ring. <laughs> Here's my bottom line. Can we get LeBron <laughs> yeah. a circle around his jersey when he gets retired instead of a jersey? Let's give him a bubble around his jersey. All belt. right.
1: Okay. Jed, Jed, not he'd rather not have a title. <laughs>
7: <laughs> that, that's really weird. Yeah. Man. I'd rather lose a my guys.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
8: Marv. We just love being sorry. No, LeBron, that's cool. We just want to be sorry. Robert Sacre,
1: stay here. Oh, okay. That's a poll. Yeah, deep poll there. Sacre.
8: Nick Young, come back. Oh, they love being sorry. We don't want LeBron. What are you talking about?
1: Is D'Angelo Russell back next year? He was here? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see him. I, I would consider trading Anthony Davis. I would. But here's the thing. It, there's no secret here. Like, man, the other everybody else doesn't know what we know. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. All right, let me take a break. We'll talk some football with Ian Rappaport, NFL Network up next. Playing golf today. I've been over on the golf simulator with my uh, PXGs. Now, I don't have the uh, all-new 0317 players irons. The, these are for the really good ones. You know, the elite player. That's not me. But uh, – these irons, they're, uh, they're gorgeous. You'll love them. Uh, and plus, I like how it feels, how it sounds. Sometimes when you get a golf club and you put it down, does it look great? And then when you hear that sound, when you go, man, I hit that one right on the club face. And you get fitted. That's, that's the important part. They fit the clubs to you and your swing. They don't try to change your swing. You go in, it's going to take you probably over two hours. Because they take you from wedge all the way to driver. They also, uh, you're putting as well. They they take you all the way through the bag there. But pxg.com, find the nearest PXG fitting location and then get custom fitted. It'll change your game. It'll make it a whole lot more enjoyable. That's pxg.com. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, nine until noon Eastern, six to nine Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app.
5: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you?
1: Fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. Vote on Marvin's playlist for Friday. Go to danpatrick.com. More phone calls coming up. J.J. Reddick will join us on the program tomorrow. National Insider for NFL Network, nfl.com, just back from the NFL spring meetings in Minneapolis, Ian Rappaport, kind enough to join us. Ian, I know the NFL wants to do away with the kickoff, but is there any other option to sort of keep it in the game?
10: I don't know that the NFL wants to do away with the kickoff. I mean, I think what they're doing is to try to make it a little bit safer, um, but to make sure that it stays in the game. I mean, I would say for yesterday for the first time, I did hear at least the possibility yeah. um, from Commissioner Roger Goodell, from Jeff Miller, who's essentially head of health and safety at the NFL, the possibility of moving on without it. But I think they would like to keep it. You know, one thing that's happened is because kickers have become very good, you've had more returns in the last two years than you've had in quite a while. Therefore, you've seen more concussions. So the percentages have increased in both. So I think they'd like to do is find a sweet spot where maybe there's a, a little bit fewer returns, fewer concussions, but the play could stay because it can be really exciting at its best.
1: Yeah, and I guess if you said that uh, you were going to take away the onside kick and you just opened a game uh, or the potential for an onside kick, then would we have kickoffs? Would the NFL ever consider with starting a football game at the twenty-five yard line?
10: I look. I mean, looking into the future, it's tough to know because there's plenty of things that happen now in the NFL where I'm like, well, I didn't see, didn't see this adjustment, didn't see the, you know, the points explosion, the sort of emphasis on defensive penalties i mean there's a lot of things that the way the nfl has shaped the game that i didn't quite foresee i would be surprised if we live in a post kickoff world And i don't think it's just because of the onside kick those are rare i think it's just because that's the way we've started the game for 100 years and it can be really exciting i just think they want it to be a little bit safer and the point from you know these league officials who spoke yesterday is when the data points to more concussions they have to take that part seriously and figure it out.
1: What do you do with punts?
10: I don't believe that the spike in numbers has been the same for punts as it's been for kickoffs. I think punts have generally been okay. It's the fact that you know kickers have been basically getting better at forcing you to return it. So how does the league adjust from there?
1: The Thursday night flex certainly got a lot of headlines. Here is yeah. uh, is this. If all else fails, then then we're going to flex a game, or or do you see? Or how often do you see a flex happen?
10: No, I would say your first sort of assumption was right. It was if all else fails, if we have no other choice, then let's flex a game. And I think, you know, the way it was explained yesterday was there's a high bar for or whenever it was two days ago, there's a high bar for flexing a Sunday night game. There's a higher bar for flexing a Monday night game, and there's an even higher bar for flexing a Thursday night game. So like, if you said to me right now, what is your guess? Do we flex a Thursday night game this year? I would say my guess is probably not. And then it would go on to the next year and the one year um, sort of trial would still be in place. And, you know, we'd sort of move from there, but my guess, looking at the schedule, looking at the teams, not knowing anything about quarterback injuries. Cause you know, if it's a couple third quarterbacks out there, you probably do flex it, but, my guess is they had this whole thing. They did this rule, and they probably don't break the glass and flex it.
1: The uh, third quarterback option, when uh, when does that come into play? Is that just playoffs that will have the uh, third third uh, quarterback option?
10: Yeah, I mean, that that's my guess is, you know, for, for the regular season, I mean, look, teams do have emergency quarterbacks, um, and it's sort of fun. And, you know, it's like when you have a position player pitching in baseball, it's like it's kind of fun but you really don't want that to be in a game that means anything right um same sort of thing so you know my guess is it's something that isn't a thing and we don't hear about because it can't be a a promotion it has to. i mean it, it can't be an elevation it has to be a true promotion it has to be a signed contract it has to be a guy on the 53-man roster my guess is you don't get that until like you know week 16 17 18 and then the playoffs when a quarterback injury, and then another one can be, like, actually catastrophic.
1: Commander's sale still uh, on schedule?
10: Yeah, so this was kind of interesting, the shape that this took. So there was all this consternation, debate, and discussion. Was Dan Snyder going to sell? And then he finds a buyer, and then they have an agreement in principle, and then they have a signed agreement, exclusive agreement with Josh Harris to buy the team and his partners to buy the team. And it's basically done. And then I get to Minnesota and people are asking me, like, is the sale going to go through? You know, the league has some issues. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, they're definitely working through some things. It's a much more sprawling group than I think the league is used to. There's maybe a little more debt than the league would like. But no one has suggested to me at all ever that it's not going through. I mean, this thing is going to happen. So it was night. So you get to all that. And then Roger Goodell takes the podium yesterday, midway through the day, and says, yes, he anticipates a sale going through. And to me, it was kind of like, okay, like went through this whole thing, this big journey, the deal isn't maybe perfect. You can still massage. You can still add more money, add more cash, essentially, if that's what the league does want. But like Josh Harris is expected to be the new owner of the commanders. And, you know, I do believe that is absolutely happening.
1: Is the NFL done with Daniel Snyder?
10: Uh, Will be. Will be. I mean, if you're asking me, do I think he would be able to get another team? I would very confidently say probably not. <laughs> well,
1: no, the investigation, uh, does that, well, Are they, they? do they still press on with the investigation?
10: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the Mary Jo White investigation yeah. is ongoing. Um, all of the legal things, you know, I haven't really sensed any alteration. Like, it's not like, okay, he's no longer an owner here, so, like, Pack your stuff up and let's go. Like, I didn't get that sense. I think it's gonna be done to completion. And like, there are some reasons for that. One, like if Dan Snyder did, you know, have the workplace where it seems, if there were the financial, if there were some financial improprieties, you know, if if something was wrong, you'd like to know it was wrong and like the people that were wrong about it to be held responsible. Perhaps there could be legal things that stem from this, civil or legal. Um, you'd certainly like to find that out if that is true. Um, you just want to find out like what was Dan Snyder doing, um, and I do think those will go to completion, and then we'll sort of see, you know, what becomes of it after that.
1: We were talking about this prior to the show. There used to be quarterback competitions, like true competitions with teams. Yeah. Those are those are long gone. Can you is there a quarterback competition and and uh, with any team right now that is truly a competition?
10: There is one. Tampa I think that's a real competition you know I mean Baker Mayfield is in position um you have Kyle trash there um I think that's going to be a real quarterback battle I think the problem is one thing these teams have learned as they become smarter is if you're having a quarterback battle that's not great it's really not like I cannot remember a quarterback battle where it ended and the guy led the team to the playoffs or something, right? Like, it's usually what you get is a quarterback battle from a guy maybe drafted, like, in the third round, a rookie in the third, or, like, you know, it's a quarterback battle, and then the first rounder doesn't start, but, like, you know, okay, week four or five, he's probably going to start eventually. Like, that's more what you get, because if you're signing two guys to just come in and compete, and one of them is going to be your starter, that means either you don't have any space at all or money at all or you just didn't do a great job of value. And I think for the Bucks, this is more of a sort of retooling, collect yourself, take a deep breath, get some financial things under order a year. So a quarterback battle is okay for them, but I think for most teams, probably not.
1: Ian, good to talk to you again. Thanks for joining us.
10: Awesome. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me.
1: Ian Rappaport, National Insider for NFL Network, NFL.com, just back from the spring meeting in Minneapolis. Yeah, I go back to you'd have a quarterback controversy like the Cowboys, Roger Staubach and Craig Morton. And then you had interchangeable quarterbacks. Crazy to think about that. But you did. You had two really high end quarterbacks competing with each other. I think Danny White, was he involved in the quarterback controversy as well?
7: Like Gary Hogaboom and Danny White, Gary right? Gary
1: Hogaboom. And there yeah. was. People took sides. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think other. Because I, I thought that the one quarterback competition is Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. I, but I don't know if there's another one. You know, the Niners don't want to have Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. They, they don't want that. Sam Darnold. They don't want that. You, you want Brock Purdy to be your starting quarterback. Yeah, Mark.
8: What about Danny Warfel against Patrick Ramsey?
1: Ooh. <laughs> Never forget. Wow. <laughs> Who was the Auburn quarterback? Campbell. Oh, yeah, Jason, Jason Campbell. Campbell. Jason Campbell. Nice a run. Yeah. There was Joe Theismann and Jay Schrader. That was a quarterback controversy for a while.
7: Doug Williams had uh, one. There were, he was going in and out. Uh, remember they had Patrick Ramsey and guys like that. They were always trying to try new guys, the Washington team.
1: Mm-hmm. Who else? They drafted uh, the, the uh, Broncos when they uh, had John Elway. And then they Tommy Maddox Tommy out of UCLA took him, in, I think, first round. That created a lot of friction. I think Elway and Dan Reeves, I don't know if their relationship recovered from that. Yes, yes, Tom.
3: I'm looking at some worst training camp battles, which included Kyle Bola versus Anthony Wright, 2005 with the Ravens. Yeah. That's a fun one. Brian Greasy, Rex Grossman, 2007.
1: Yeah, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. And Rex led him to the Super Bowl. Anybody else in there? Tom, Rick
3: Meyer, John Freeze. Seahawks.
1: Oh, John
7: Freeze, big battle in, yeah. Uh, in Camp. Yeah, Chris
3: Wankie versus Rodney Pete, two thousand two.
7: Yeah, yeah, Paulie. I would say Phil Hosta, uh, Phil Simms, a uh, J- uh, Hostetler in New York City, because a lot of people, you know, Phil Sims got injured, opened the door for Hostetler to play a few times. He and Hostetler got his own thing. Didn't he go to the Raiders and get his own team for a little yeah, bit? Got yeah, got some money.
1: I don't know if it was controversy because it was Sims got hurt. They were having an unbelievable year. Hostetler came in and led them to the Super Bowl, and they won the Super Bowl against the Bills. And then Hostetler, I think, went to the Raiders after that. A couple of phone calls in here. Uh, Jeff in Detroit. Hi, Jeff. What's on your mind today?
0: What up, though? One time for chat road. Did I hear Jazz say he didn't want a championship because it's from LeBron? I was thinking about that, but then I thought, you know, from a Detroit Pistons fan to a Lakers fan, that sounds like a Lakers fan. I don't want that championship. <laughs> it came from LeBron. It's a little bit sully, you know. Listen, hey, quick question, Dan. Was with, with Mars Cookout? Yeah. You guys were talking about uh, songs that you first heard. My mom to this day. Cannot stand Rick Deeb's Disco Duck because I played it out. I mean, I played it left, right, up, and down like never before. And an interesting fact about you guys were talking about the movie Air with uh, Michael Jordan. Spike Lee and Dwayne Wayne from um, I think it was A Different World. Those two people had his shoe on and probably put that shoe out there more so than anything to the point that Adidas ended up having to go get Run DMC and give them a shoe, which made them the first rat group to get a shoe because they saw that they were being killed. Have a good one,
1: Doc. All right. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. I remember uh, Run DMC, they didn't tie their shoes. And I remember people were going crazy over those shoes. And I go, those are the Adidas superstars. And they go, no, no, no. Those are Shelto's. I go, no, those are Adidas superstars. And then, you know, the toe looked like a shell. And I'd never heard that before. But I remember, didn't wear laces, and you had your shell toes on. Uh, Steven in Alabama. Hi, Steven. Hey, how you
0: doing? Great, Steve. So two two things real quick. One, I got a poll question for you. If Roblon had a choice, would it be the Lakers, the Cavaliers, or the Heat? The one want his jersey retired
1: the most? Oh, okay.
0: Uh, it might be the
1: Lakers. What? It might be. That's Just with those greats up there? I mean, how many Cleveland Cavaliers have their jerseys retired? Austin Carr? Yeah, but it's his home. Brad Dorney? Mark Price, maybe?
7: Oh, I've got the list. I've always got the Cavaliers retired jersey list. Oh, you do? Yeah. Bill Russell. Horse number six. Everyone did it. Bingo Smith. Oh. This is going to shock you. Big Z is a Drunis Okay. 12 seasons, two-time All-Star. All right. All right. You go 13 and seven, you're getting your jersey retired. All right. 13.7 rebounds. Larry Nance, number 22. All right. All right. Mark Price. Yeah. Austin Carr. Yeah. Nate Thurmond. Is Jim Jones? Unfortunately, no. Okay. All right. Jonesy.
6: Travesty.
7: Yeah. Uh Brad Doherty, five-time All-Star. Absolutely. That's it. Those are the retired yeah, numbers. Yeah, Marv. No Ricky Davis? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. No
8: Bob Sura? Bobby Snow. Sura. Sneaky athletic.
1: Florida State's Bobby
8: Sura. Right. Yeah. First one in, last one out. Yeah,
1: white guy, so he's sneaky athletic. Actually, Bobby Sura was athletic. It's like when they say that about Rex Chapman, I go, no, no, he was athletic. More was athletic nothing,
8: than we expected. It's yeah. nothing sneaky about those two.
1: No, no, no. No, no, no. Rex Chapman, athletic. It wasn't like, hey, sneaky athletic. Nope. He's athletic. Uh, Todd in Indiana. Hi, Todd. What's on your mind today?
9: Hey, guys. First time, long time. 5'11", 170. <rings> this isn't why I originally called, but as a young man, I lived through the Bob Avellini, Mike Phipps, Vince Ooh. Evans quarterback Ooh. in Chicago. And yeah. it was as painful as it sounds. Yeah, uh, we used to say about Vince Evans that we should send him to Cuba because he uh, he'd overthrow Castro because he could overthrow everybody.
1: <laughs>
9: oh. Wow! <laughs> Why I called was wow. does anyone think it's funny that if and when the Heat retire LeBron's jersey, he will stand there and watch it raised up in the Raptors next to Michael Jordan's jersey, who didn't even play for the franchise?
1: Hmm. Uh, sure. I guess. I don't know. (laughs) I think LeBron just needs a hug now. That's all. He got swept. He needs a hug. He's telling us he's better than 90 to 95% of the players in the league. You don't need to do that. Let us do that. Just give him a hug. Tell him you're still one of the greatest players who's ever played the game. Come back next year. Maybe a couple of changes here. Maybe you don't have to take on as many minutes. Maybe somebody else can actually pick up the workload a little bit and maybe preserve you for the playoffs. Yes, yeah, Eaton? Do you want to start running through the
6: 40 or 50 players that are better than LeBron right now? So if he's better than 95% of the league, right. how many players are better than him? Well, he's certainly not a top 10 player. Ooh. That's what it is. Okay.
1: If he's better than 95% of the league. right? Okay. So how many players are... Does that mean that are better than him? 95% of what number is it?
7: I'll throw out a name of a person who I think is in the top 20.
1: No, see if we can do the math here. Oh, okay. 95% of how many players are active in the NBA? You know what? Well, let's not do math on radio. It's not, a, not good radio. <laughs> My brain
7: hurts. I, I have 450 active players in the
1: NBA. So 95% of that. Uh, you said 450?
7: Forty-five. Okay. Would be less than forty-five players.
1: Let's say forty players. LeBron is better than forty-five
7: all... per player. Uh, five. Five uh, percent would be twenty-two and a half players.
1: Okay. Anthony Davis would be that half player. Right. Twenty-two and a half. <laughs> Too soon. Are there twenty-two players better than LeBron James? And the answer is no. Like if you're going to come out and remind us that you're better than ninety to ninety-five percent. Why not just go 99%? I mean, it's, you don't need to do it to begin with. And do I think that he thinks there's 22 players better than him? No, I don't. Yes, Mark.
8: He's no Jamal Murray right now. No, he's not. No. Just those past four games. Is is Jamal
1: Murray a better player than LeBron or just playing better now?
8: Oh, we'll come back with the answer.
1: Okay, let's take a break. I'm going to take a break. We'll come back. Last call for phone calls. What we learned, what's in store right after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, nine until noon Eastern, six to nine Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Two NBA insiders podcasting twice a week
2: Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.
1: LeBron James said that he was better than 98% of the NBA, so 98% of 450 would be 9? There
3: would be, uh, be, be 441 players, so that would leave room for 9 spots. So he could still be a top 10 player if he said 98%.
1: Yeah, and I think he is a top 10 player. Anybody not think LeBron's a top 10 player now? 10? Yeah. Yeah, top ten. Would you take ten players over LeBron James?
7: I'll, I'll throw out some quick names. Okay, Embiid, Luca, Damian Lillard, Shea Gilgis, Alexander. Stop me when I've you're taking someone out. Giannis, Jason Tatum, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker.
1: I wouldn't have Durant uh, above him. I wouldn't have Shea Gilgis. All right. Um, he's a top ten player.
8: Yeah, Marv. Yeah. I like Donovan Mitchell and Jason Tatum, but
1: Yeah, I I wouldn't put them there yet.
7: All right. So that's right around the ten spot. Yeah.
1: I think he's a top ten player. So ninety seven percent? Yeah, ninety okay. Ninety seven yeah,
6: <laughs>
1: I was just surprised that he said ninety to ninety five percent. I don't think he thought what the numbers actually are, but yes, he is.
6: But I don't know why he needed to tell us. that. Seems like an odd statement to make in that moment, too. Like I don't know, man. Look, I'm exhausted. I just I got a lot to think about when it comes to next year. By the way, I'm better than like 95 percent <laughs> of the league. Yeah,
1: I don't get it. So why are, you, why are you?
6: Why are you thinking about retiring? Yes, well,
8: he definitely retires next Thursday. No, he doesn't. Game one of the finals.
1: Oh no, that'd be an A rod. Remember when A rod A rod signed with the Rangers during the World Series? So are we when, oh, come on. Oh god. That was bad. Uh, this day in sports history, Paulie.
7: Oh, let's see. There's a bunch. 1930, Babe Ruth hit home runs Overrated. in both, yep, both games of a doubleheader. Eat that, Otani. Uh, they don't have doubleheaders. Um, the AFL in 67, Dan, you're going to like this one. Granted, a franchise, too. Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals. Were they any good that first year? No, they were
1: not. No. But I think they had Paul Robinson, who was called the Cactus Comet. Straight runner. And he ran for 1,000 yards. I'm so old that I saw Bob Trumpy play, Bruce Coslett play. Uh, Sam Weish saw him play. Yeah. yeah, the Bengals weren't very good. Cool helmets, the coach. Uh, No, the helmets weren't cool. Oh. And then Paul Brown. Yeah. They, they graduated to nice helmets. Back then, they were really plain. Very boring. Just said Bengals on the side. Not good.
7: 1935, Reds and Phillies first major league game. Crosley Field. Crosley Field. Crosley Field. Uh, uh, President Roosevelt was there. Mm, How about that? mm, Okay. Cool. Uh, Let's see. Al Unser Sr. won his fourth Indy 500. Mm -hmm. Great family. Mm -hmm. The Edmonton Oilers in 1990 won their fifth NHL Stanley Cup. Mm -hmm. In 1990, Andre Dawson of the Cubs was intentionally walked five times in a game. Wow. Mm.
1: Uh, Let's see. The Oakland A's lost to the Mariners last night. The Oakland A's are now ten and forty. That matches the nineteen thirty-two Red Sox for the worst fifty-game start since the nineteen oh-four Washington Senators were nine and forty-one. This is unbelievable. They've been outscored by one hundred and seventy-eight runs. That's where, if you're Las Vegas, do you go? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't. Do we want that? And unless you want them in town just so you can have other teams come to town, you go, eh, yeah, well, and it's like I did with the Bengals. I go to see the Bengals play, but I actually went to see the teams come to town. And that was the first time I saw the Chargers. My life changed. You know, it's like the first time you notice a, a beautiful woman. I noticed those ch- Charger uniforms and I went, oh my God, I'm in love. John Hadle. I went, they got a quarterback, number 21. They had Lance Allworth, Gary Garrison, I think Dickie Post. I loved that. It was awesome. Uh, let's see. Let me see. Anything? Final results
6: of the poll question there, Seaton O'Connor? Dan, you're not going to like this, but Boston avoiding the sweep in Miami last night means, according to 47% of the audience, absolutely nothing. (laughs) I don't disagree with that. You know what option they absolutely hate? There's going to be a Game 7. The Heat may take it to 7. Yeah, only 3% of
1: the audience like a Game 7. You know what? I don't know why I feel that way, but I do. And then I saw Jeter and A-Rod, and I thought, you know what? This is going to be reminiscent of the Red Sox against the Yankees. This is going to be one of those great comebacks of all time. What would you learn today,
3: Todd? Someone said your tires are murdered, and that's supposedly quite the compliment.
1: Yeah, I did not know that. My tires on my Mercedes are murdered.
6: Seaton. We took a fun walk back to our very first favorite song that we remember. Marvin, what would you learn? Doing math is
1: not good radio. No, it's not. Yeah, Yeah, Paulie? Doing math is great radio. Todd, what did I learn?
3: You strongly believe LeBron could use someone to boost his ego and give him a big hug right now.
1: Just so you see him, give him a hug. Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. Everything doubled, cash back from trips and restaurants. See terms and check it out for yourself. Discover.com slash match. A lot of fun today. Thanks for joining us. We'll do it again tomorrow. JJ Reddick and the Mothership will stop by. Hope you will too.
5: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card,